0: Live from Southern California,
1: this is the Jim Rome Show.
2: All right, good morning and welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you, filling in for Jim. Jim off this week. We are still coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. This is great. It's exciting. Some familiar faces. I used to know him as... Tom DiBenedetto was my executive producer before coming to the Jim Rome Show. Sources tell me he's been re Count <laughs> Chocula. Okay, got it. Which is amazing. And one of you tweeted this uh, at Jim Rome. You can hit me up too, at SportsRider, SportsR-E-I-T-E-R. I don't remember which of you did it. I apologize. Which clone nailed it? Does uh, Garrett Ritt ask for his autograph in the morning, given the chocolate connection? The answer is yes. I'm here. I'm just going to go. I've been here for the last couple hours. The answer is yes. It is a a very busy, very busy week here at the end of July. Aaron Rodgers drama, which we'll hit and we'll start with in just a second. Deshaun Watson is operating in some alternate universe where he believes he'll be traded imminently and is just rolling into camp because, you know, why not? We'll dive into that story. OU Texas, Oklahoma, Texas has been percolating for a few days. Just in the last 20 or 30 minutes, an official announcement from the two schools that were the linchpins of the Big 12. They won't be at some point in the future. There's some details there as it relates to television rights. Might be 2025, but they gone. Whether it's the SEC, which is the expectation, or, and this is some of the reporting if it's true, Texas is really shopping itself to some other spots. Feels like driving up the price. We'll hit that later in the show. The Cleveland Guardians. I want to make fun of the Cleveland Guardians. I don't think I can. I don't know if you can come up with a name that wouldn't be mocked. Kind of kind of grew on me. We'll hit that later in the program. Talk some USA basketball. Yes, yes, Greg Popovich. If you missed this, USA basketball's remarkable streak of dominance at the Olympics comes to an end at the hands of France in large part because of some drastically terrible shooting by Team USA stars, Kevin Durant included. There's some criticism there, but I also think in the loss, and there's shades of Ronda Rousey here, there's shades of Tiger Woods, in the loss, I think there's a need to remember the greatness of USA's basketball, its impact internationally, and how it created some Frankensteins out there. It's embarrassing, but I also think a a source of pride over what we've done internationally in basketball for several generations. Kirk Morrison will be on the show. Will Middlebrooks will be on the program, former big leaguer. Will Brinson's going to be on the show. I um So Jim's on vacation and based on his social media, he's in Wisconsin. I'm going to quote him wrong, but he's right. If you don't like Wisconsin, you got there's a problem with you. And I can speak to that because I just got in from Wisconsin last night at a wedding in Milwaukee. Congratulations, Nick and Steph. Love you guys. And It is amazing to me. The last time I was in Wisconsin was a long time ago. I have family there. Three or four years ago. I'm from Iowa. And the overwhelming Aaron Rodgers love three or four years ago, it it was cult-like. The only comparison that I can possibly give you is Graceland in Memphis, which I have done once. And I wasn't that into. I actually went with a, a young lady that I went to college with who's not my wife. And wherever she is, I hope she's well. Because... Well, I was interested in that young lady. And the, but, but it was, it was mesmera. The, the, the affection, the obsession, the love, the, the visceral need for Elvis and Memphis was, was so overpowering. It made you feel that. And a big part of the reason as a Bears fan, I've always liked Aaron Rodgers and respected Aaron Rodgers until lately, is because that connection to Wisconsin and to Green Bay where my parents lived and that part of the country was real. And it was almost cult-like. And to see the way that the worm has turned is pretty amazing. People are angry. Packers land and for all the right reasons because Aaron Rodgers and here's where we're at right now Aaron Rodgers is in theory supposed to report to training camp on Wednesday but he has made it clear in his little social media flirtations and his drop nuggets of angst and anger that he may not be there Vegas certainly does not think that he's going to arrive you've got several books including DraftKings just removing all Green Bay Packers' numbers from their boards, from their betting opportunities for you. Westgate in Vegas, where I do my sports gambling badly, but nonetheless, has removed all NFC North lines. You can't bet on any of those numbers, not just the Packers, but those other teams as well. It's not just smoke. There's fire going on. It's just the question becomes, how far is it going to rage? NFL reporter Michael Silver, very good reporter, but let's can we be honest here on the Jim Rome Show? Bill Ryder filling in, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network. Different reporters carry water for different athletes and coaches. It's part of the deal. It's not a criticism. If I could be the water boy for Aaron Rodgers, I probably still wouldn't because I but I'd be close. I might I might do it. So I'm not criticizing Silver here. I'm just saying he has a relationship within a connection to Aaron Rodgers in the proper context for Silver's reporting. He's an excellent reporter. Is that this is Aaron Rodgers approved, and, and that's okay. That's okay. But this is less Michael Silver reporting what he's hearing and more Michael Silver telling you what Aaron Rodgers wants. Here it is. I'm going to read you the, the quote from Aaron Rodgers. Excuse me, from Michael Silver. One possible solution... That would be Rogers' solution. One possible solution to the Rodgers-Packers stalemate. The team could agree to lop off the final two years of his contract and theoretically not to franchise him after the season. To set up a last dance scenario. Not likely, but maybe Packers decide one year's better than none. All of this, if you are the Packers fans who found me at the wedding, talked to me at the reception, For whatever reason, we're extremely loquacious and social in the restroom. People are nice in Wisconsin who are angry at Aaron Rodgers. This is more fodder for that. What do you mean lop off the last two years, agree not to franchise, and do a last dance? So let there be all this toxicity and you get nothing in return when he leaves? Aaron Rodgers has a contract. Here's the reality. This is unfair to that Packers organization, which you don't have to care about. Millionaires arguing with billionaires, arguing with coaches who want to be millionaires. Fine. Fine. But he has a contract. But this is stunningly unfair to Packers fans. And that Aaron Rodgers is making me a lifelong Bears fan who wouldn't stop for Jay Cutler if I saw him on the side of a road in the desert. I would just keep going. I really would. Maybe I'd go back because I'd feel bad. To have to defend, to defend Packers fans makes me dislike Aaron Rodgers. And the respect I had for him has dissipated. There's a lot of guys that are massively, massively, massively talented. A lot of guys. But the ones that are good dudes, that find the love and respect a market or place gives them and and reciprocates it, that's, that's something else. Perfect example in the city that I was in this past weekend in Milwaukee is Giannis. And there's a lot of them. It's unfair to Packers fans. He has a contract. The details get a little uncomfortable if you're Aaron Rodgers in a perfect world, in which we don't live. The guy's one in four in NFC Championship games. A fact that I was literally told 31 times at this Wisconsin wedding. And here's the problem. None of it matters. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the good guy here. I think he's probably the bad guy. Look, it's complicated. Did that Packers organization, as reported, probably not tell him they were hiring Matt LaFleur? Yes, probably. Are they allowed to do that? Yes. Why are you allowed to do that? Because you're allowed to be stupid in America. Not a good idea. Is it likely that when they made cuts of random wide receivers that Rodgers had sort of praised or other decisions that didn't run it by him, is it likely that that was not designed to teach him a lesson, but it still tweaked his ego? Yeah, I think that's a fair interpretation. Doesn't matter. Figure it out. He's the talent. He's not the hero... He's not the savior. He's not necessarily going to be loyal. Aaron Rodgers is 100% about Aaron Rodgers. And in the final conclusion, if you're Brian Gutenkunst, the GM, if you're Mike Murphy, if you're any of these guys, you're Lafleur. your job is to satisfy the talent. Look out at the National Football League right now and the bizarro universe that we're in, just in the NFL at the quarterback position. Tom Brady's 105 years old and just keeps winning Super Bowls and just beat, as you know, the Packers at Lambeau, just beat Rodgers at Lambeau. So that's an obstacle that's not supposed to exist in the NFL. Tom Brady was supposed to be formidable to any team that had to go through him, right? any team that didn't have him 10 years ago. Not now, but that's the reality. Patrick Mahomes is the most gifted quarterback in the game right now, coming off a heartbreaking loss in the Super Bowl for a lot of reasons. He's going to be highly motivated. Russell Wilson just tried to divorce his own team and for whatever reason couldn't pull it off. Deshaun Watson has been accused of sexual assault. And we don't know how that's going to end, and I certainly don't know what happened. But I know that it's ugly. It is a bizarre time in the National Football League. And if you've got one of these quarterbacks who are a sure thing, who make you a contender, whose mere presence means you have a realistic chance to win a Super Bowl, you do everything in your power, to make sure they are happy. The end. The end. I'm not going to sit here and argue that that Aaron Rodgers is worth rooting for from a distance, because he's not. I don't care about that Packers organization. But I do feel bad for fans that have already been through this with Brett Favre. And you got lucky, Packers fans. You did. You know it. And Favre wasn't likable either. But the odds you were going to find someone 80% as good as Favre, let alone 20% better, which is what you got, that's once in a lifetime. And I, I feel so bad for, for Jordan Love. But it's not that's, he's not that guy. Maybe management got spoiled. Maybe the arrogance and the comfort of having a quarterback back like that, going back to the freaking 90s when Ritt was in his 50s, is something. Sorry, <laughs> I had to get one in. <laughs> <We> Rits <are. laughs> on the board, there's gonna be so many. I find it so off-putting, so obnoxious by Aaron Rodgers, so arrogant and tone deaf in the extreme, that given the news on Devontae Adams, that he's also at an impasse with the Packers, that he and Adams would simultaneously on social media put out a Pippin Jordan walking away last dance kind of thing. It's also ham-fisted because it certainly makes Michael Silver look like he's following orders from Aaron Rodgers, which is fine. Do your thing. Make your living. I get it. Aaron Rodgers isn't worth rooting for here. He's not worth cheering for. He hasn't handled it in a fair way. He hasn't cared at all for the people of Wisconsin, a part of the country I'm from, who live and die and see their football team and the quarterback who's the avatar of that team the way the folks down in Graceland see Elvis. Or I can give you 10 other examples. There's a connection that he's severed. The problem is he, he's the reigning NFL MVP. He is one of not just the most talented quarterbacks right now today if he decides to show up in two days at camp. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. I would have made the case before Mahomes that he was the most, not the best, not the most effective. I would just have made the case the most talented quarterback I'd ever seen personally, even more than Manning. I think Mahomes has passed that for me. None of it matters the odds that Aaron Rodgers are going to retire have gone through the roof in Vegas. The reason he's tweeting these things, the reason he's going on SportsCenter and various shows and talk about people 15 times in a row, the reason he's playing with the heartstrings of of the folks who have supported him for so long is because Aaron Rodgers cares about Aaron Rodgers. And that is the way that it works a lot of times with stars. I probably should give him credit. At least he's being forthcoming about who he is and what he's about. So, I don't think you should root for Aaron Rodgers or have sympathy for Aaron Rodgers, but the blame goes to the Green Bay Packers. Manage your talent. Manage your diva. Make it work. Ritt and I are both Bears fans, and we can tell you from experience you can go a lifetime without having a quarterback in the National Football League who is good at football. Don't give me a McMahon, do I don't want to hear it. He was effective, Ritt. Packers fans, here's the deal. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers wants at this point. It's very likely he just wants that organization to suffer because he feels like his ego has been bruised. And he clearly doesn't care if you suffer along with that organization. But if there's any path to one of the most talented quarterbacks on earth deciding he's willing to stick around for the entirety of his contract... That includes the humiliation of Gutenkunz going away, which would be unfair, by the way. The humiliation of LaFleur being coach, at least offensively, a name only. You do it. Not because Aaron Rodgers is a great guy or worth rooting for or the hero of this story, but because he's Aaron Rodgers and he's massively talented. And without him in a 17 game season, you're going to win six, maybe six football games. The end. All right, Bill Ryder filling in. For Jim here on the Jim Rome Show, 1-800-636-8686. Roman, have a at Jim Rome, Jim Rome.com. Hit me up, too. You always do. Say what you want. It's fine. Sports writer, sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. So two of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL are giant question marks for, for vastly different reasons. Aaron Rodgers has had this schism with the Packers. We'll see what happens. And obviously, when the news breaks, we got you covered here on the Jim Rome Show. I'll be in Wednesday, filling in. A lot of great hosts in the next few weeks while Jim's gone. And Wednesday's the day Rodgers, obviously, is supposed to report. We'll we'll hit that. We'll let you know what's going on. Deshaun Watson thing is bizarre, too, for the opposite reason. Rodgers should be reporting. Watson probably shouldn't be. We'll get into Deshaun Watson, the trade market for him, and what happens with one of the most talented quarterbacks in the game, but also a massive, massive question mark in a morality sense in a practical sense, in a will-he-play sense. We'll do that next here on The Gym Ocean. This is a metaphor for your business's journey. Sometimes it feels like the world is throwing everything it has at you, and to succeed, you need someone to guide you through. That's what Dell Technologies Advisors do. They have the tech advice to help you navigate whatever challenges you're up against and get you safely to where you want to be.
3: Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL and do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro.
2: Will Brinson, the guy behind the Pick 6 podcast on Twitter, Will Brinson. Mr. Brinson, what's up, buddy? Bill, what's going on, buddy? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. I'm living the dream. Just got a little uh, breaking news from Ian Rappaport reporting that, uh, that there's an expectation with many factors to play, that Aaron Rodgers will play this year for the Packers. Where, where's your head out, head at in this thing? What, what do you think becomes of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and, and how does it look if, if he's angrily and maybe with some toxicity still a Green Bay Packer this season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say this. The first thing I did when I saw that tweet was run to oh, – hypothetically, the first thing I did, Bill, I should say, is <laughs> run to uh, the – Nearest uh, sports book website I could find that had Packers' futures up and hammer them because they were 225 to win the division and 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Ridiculous numbers. Everybody was operating under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers was not coming back. The reality is that he was always going to have to play for the Packers if he wanted to play this season. They weren't going to trade him. And if he retired, it was going to take some sort of l- really leveraged situation a la Carson Palmer and the Bengals and the Raiders for a deal to get done for a team to pay the price that the Packers would be actually willing to take in a trade. So this makes the most sense. And I think it's interesting that you hear Mike Silver, who is, you know, of NFL Network, who's very close, or NFL Media, who's very close to Aaron Rodgers. You know, they have that Cal connection, um, famously the WTF thing on the field uh, after the game. And he pointed out that what Aaron Rodgers would love is some sort of last dance situation where the Packers essentially void the final two years of his contract. He plays for them in 2021 and they guarantee or promise not to franchise tag him after this coming season. And then he can walk away and Jordan love can, and he can pick his, his team next and Jordan love can be the future. So it's basically the, the exchange is Rodgers shows up, plays as well as he possibly can to guarantee himself a big contract on the open market next offseason. And then the Packers say, all right, we're done. You know, this has been incredible. We part on, you know, fairly decent terms because there's no, you know, sort of like the Patriots and Brady. There's no animosity because there's no contract dispute. And so I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but it is, a, it is kind of a reasonable solution. I think Peter King had floated that at one point, too, that just play this season and the Packers let him walk and figure it out later. Uh, I, and it seems more likely that that could end up happening. I, I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to walk away from a team and a roster that went 13-3 and three the last two years for the sake of being stubborn. That doesn't make a ton of sense in the,
2: in the twilight, yet prime twilight of, of, a career, of a Hall of Fame career. Will Brinson here on the Jim Rome Show. Bill Ryder, that is me filling in for for Jim. Will, if if Aaron Rodgers were not a Packer this year, or, or just projecting to next year, how does that division look w- without him? Are, are you buying Jordan Love? Do you think Justin Fields makes the Bears contenders? Is it uh, Kirk Cousins' time? I said that the straight face. Like what? How does that division play itself out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would uh, I would back the. I would probably back the Vikings, and I said uh, I had a Bud Light uh, an ice cold take presented by Bud Light that I had to give out for a sponsorship on the Pick Six podcast recently. And you just I said, did it again. The Vikings two are the for best one. Team. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, uh, the, the Vikings uh, are the best team. That was a humble rag, The podcast is sponsored by Bud Light, but the, uh, the the Vikings are the best team with or without Aaron Rodgers on the Packers. And I was sort of hoping Rodgers wouldn't come back to make me look smart. Now I feel like that take is going to go. It's gonna it's going to turn cold quite quickly. And but in the hypothetical that Aaron Rodgers didn't play, I, to me the Vikings are the most complete team in 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 that division. I mean, I think you know they have a defense that can bounce back. Mike Zimmer's coached a defense as well before. The offense is just really good. I mean, they you know this is a team that uh, you know is fully capable of putting up huge numbers with Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. You have, of course, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and the Nervous Smith at tight end. The offensive line has gotten progressively better over the last few years. So, I still buy into the Vikings in a big way. I know your Bears... I I think Justin Fields is going to be a good player. I don't think your Bears are going to handle it right. I think they'll start Andy Dalton for the first five or six games if they're not winning and handicaps them too much because they're behind the eight ball. So, that concerns me. And then the Lions are are probably just a, a, a trash football team. So... I would put Minnesota pretty far ahead of the curve, especially if Rogers didn't play. And, and by the way, just on, on the Rappaport news really quickly, do you, do you think it's a coincidence that that came out in the middle of the Packers
2: shareholders meeting? Because I would say not a coincidence if I were, if I were guessing. Or if you had a amazing daily football podcast sponsored by one of the best beers on earth, Will Brinson here on, on the show. Um, Different, obviously, reasons for the uncertainty surrounding Deshaun Watson from Aaron Rodgers. I think we all are starting to agree, Mr. Brinson, given the breaking news that Rodgers is going to play and play all the games. Do you have any guess? Do you want to handicap the likelihood Watson plays and how many games he might play this year if he does? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great segue because we talk about the coincidence and the timing of Aaron Rodgers.
1: You know, so Aaron Rodgers is going to play? Oh, it's like, you know, Maude from... Beulahville, Wisconsin. I don't know if any of these things are real, but, you know, is in the stands, like, you know, talking about the Packers team that she ends. Uh, I think when you look at the Watson thing, the fact that the Texans, first of all, Watson, it was leaked out that Watson is going to come to training camp, right? That's, and then, you know, that's over the weekend and then or right before the weekend. And then on Monday, the te- and it's clearly coming from the Texans because we were talking about an asking price that was included. The Texans leak out that they are finally willing to trade to Sean Watson and that they are asking prices XXX. To me, those rumors popping out into the, open, into the, into the, the airwaves and the, the NFL airspace indicate to me, if I'm connecting dots, that there is a likely resolution coming or that a resolution is likely coming, either way you want to put it, in the Deshaun Watson off-field stuff. Now, we can't be sure about that, but I don't think the Texans would bother attempting to trade Deshaun Watson or attempting to float the rumor that they would trade Deshaun Watson and keep that asking price at maximum value if they didn't think there was a resolution coming. So – in my, in my opinion, based on doing this for you know decade plus and, and reading the tea and understanding how these things typically go within the NFL ecosystem, I would say that what's most likely is that at some point soon, we see a resolution to the Deshaun Watson off field things. I don't know what that'll be. The NFL will then quickly make a move to either uh, issue a punishment or not issue a punishment or, you know, do whatever the NFL does to wrap up that investigation. And at that point in time, the Texans will, you know, take suitors for Deshaun Watson and, and, and make some kind of a deal. And I think his age, his talent, you know, Steve Kime of the Arizona Cardinals once said if Hannibal Lecter, you know, ran a 4 three he'd get drafted in the second round of the NFL. Um, Deshaun Watson's talent and skill set and age and contract are probably going to overcome any concerns that, that teams might have. So you look around and the Denver Broncos could make sense. The Philadelphia Eagles have been linked to Deshaun Watson and have multiple first, future first-round picks. Uh, the Miami Dolphins can't be counted out either. You know, you could package Tua in a couple firsts and and say, all right, look, let's let's try and make a run now. I think the Carolina Panthers will still be interested. David Tepper has been rabid when it comes to acquiring a franchise quarterback, and finally had to settle for Sam Darnold. You could package two first, firsts, um, you know, defensive player and, and Sam Bur- uh, Sam Darnold, excuse me, and, and send and send him uh, and send those guys back. And so. I think there will, there will absolutely be a market for Deshaun Watson if he is cleared. And the way that the rumor mill is moving makes it seem as if multiple parties involved believe that Deshaun Watson will be cleared. But obviously, that has to play itself out.
2: CBS Sports Senior NFL writer and NFL guru, Will Brinson, here on the Jim Rome Show. All right, so if you're a betting man, and I know that you are, as am I, who has a better season? Is it, is it Matthew Stafford and the Rams or Dak Prescott and the Cowboys? Ooh. Um, I like the ooh. Thank you. That's, that's a good question. Well, you know, I, I'll here's
1: I will take Matthew Stafford in the Rams, and the reason I'll do that is I believe the Rams have a massive edge in coaching. Sean McVay is a, a stud, young, fantastic coach. Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, of course. Um, Sean McVay hadn't, but I need to see Mike McCarthy prove it in Dallas and. You know, I, I hearken back to the last, the first few games of the 2020 season with the Cowboys. Now, granted, you know, changeover on offensive line, um, you know, new coaching staff, Dak in sort of a tur- you know, turmoil contract year, and all of that. You got to cut them a little slack for how they start. But this is a team that could have been 0 and 4. The offense didn't look good out of the gate. It took them the only reason Dak was putting up prolific numbers was the fact that they were trailing by 10 to 20 points in every single game early on. And they had to, you know, go into throw it on every down mode. So I need to see this offense actually work before I can buy into the Cowboys. And I need to see something out of the defense. And I just don't know that they have it right now. There are some stars on there on that defense for, for the Cowboys, but they're adjusting to a new system. And Dan Quinn, um, I've got to. I just got to. I got to see that play out before I can buy into Dallas. The weaker division helps, but I think Matthew Stafford is a potential Hall of Famer if he can get five prime year If the Rams can get five prime years out of him, I think they can, and I think he puts up huge numbers this year in that Sean McVay system. So I'm going to buy the Rams over the Cowboys.
2: Brinson, the last few years we've seen teams make jumps to, to being real contenders. The, the Chiefs certainly obviously are there but even before they won the Super Bowl made a, a really deep run and lost to the Patriots at Arrowhead I think in the AFC championship game Buffalo now I think most of us consider a, a real contender that wasn't true two three four years ago is there a team this year that you think makes a a huge huge jump this upcoming season a
1: huge huge jump um you know if you're gonna pick a team I'm terrified to
2: say this but
1: um <laughs> I love it already I mean it's just- Gary to, to, to you know I think you look around like the you know I don't think the anybody in the NFC West making a huge dump would be likely I think the Buccaneers have a stranglehold in the South um, you know the North if Rodgers comes back is, is tough to project there's nobody you really love in the AFC South the Bills are too good in the AFC East um, so I would say it's one of two teams if, well actually I'll say one of three teams if you're projecting a huge huge leap it's got to be a team that was under 500 last year right so let's go with the i guess you could say the cowboys it feels like cheating because Dak got hurt i'll say the giants uh are a candidate there and you know look josh allen and the bills made that huge leap because josh allen in his third year as a quarterback was able to fix something that we didn't think he could fix and that was he fixed his accuracy and his deep ball touch and when he did that and stefan Diggs helped unlock that but and we did that and unlocked this offense in a way we didn't think was possible. And it turned Allen into an MVP candidate and it made the bills a, you know, a super bowl contender. They went 13 and three, the giants, you know, we don't think Daniel Jones is going to magically fix his turnover problem, but maybe he does. And if he does, this team is going to get Saquon Barkley back. They added Kenny Galladay. Uh, you know, they draft Kadarius Tony in the first round. I don't love him, obviously, as much as Devontae Smith, but they got an extra first out of it. They added John Ross, who, you know, was a nice little cheap, uh, you know, flyer to see if he can bounce back post hype guy. Um, they kept Evan Ingram, and they improved the offensive line. The defense actually looks like it's pretty good. So I think the Giants are a candidate there, and I'd be remiss if I didn't point out the Chargers as well. 7-9 last year with a historical season from Justin Herbert. That's a team that, you know, if Brandon Staley is as big an upgrade at, coach, at head coach over Anthony Lynn as we think he could be, and if Derwin James and Joey Bosa stay healthy, there's no reason to think that this Chargers team couldn't contend in that division, even against the Chiefs. I also think that the Broncos would be a team you have to look at because of the depth they have everywhere other than quarterback. And if they were able to finagle a deal for Deshaun Watson, then suddenly they're the clear and obvious. Let's see if they can make a you know a deep run. A, you know, let, all of a sudden they're a, a twelve. Their over unders a like ten and a half instead of six and a half.
2: That is a great answer, and that is one of many reasons why you should listen to, subscribe, and like the Pick Six Podcast, a daily NFL podcast from our guy Will Brinson. Will, it was amazing, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on the Jim Rome Show. Dude, Phil, anytime, any show, anywhere. Thanks, buddy.
3: Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a thousand locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and Samer next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you.
2: Let's talk some baseball. World Series champion, CBS Sports HQ analyst, Will Middlebrooks joins me on the show. Will, I don't think I knew this about you. Are you from Texarkana? I am. Well, I moved there when I was 10 years old. So I lived in a really, really small
0: town called Wolf City, Texas. It was like 45 minutes outside, northeast of Dallas. We moved to Texarkana when I was 10.
2: So I lived in Little Rock for two great years out of college. No way. Dude, love. People don't know how amazing and beautiful Arkansas is if you like to fish and be outdoors and how cool Little Rock is.
0: Yeah, it gets a bad rep, but there is some beautiful, beautiful country out there,
2: dude. I'm with you. Well, wow, Will Middlebrooks here, here on the show. All right, so so trade deadline time approaching. Let me just selfishly start with my my Chicago Cubs. What is the um what is the trade value for Chris Bryant? If it turns out he could be on, if that he is on the move, if that happens,
0: I mean trade trade value is through the roof. I mean, you get a middle of the order bat. You know, we've seen shades of his MVP uh the mvp chris bryant this year obviously went a little cold trick there for a month but i think a lot of that has had to do with honestly just the pressure of breaking that team apart i mean these are his best friends it's all he's known in baseball and in, in the big leagues uh, and this goes beyond the players too it's, it's the manager david ross was one of their teammates uh when they won the world series so um i think they just had a lot of pressure there but his value is unbelievable man he he's he's so versatile he plays first and third he plays all the outfield positions what that does for a lineup, when you know you can plug him in the three, four, five spots in your lineup and plug him wherever you want defensively, that is. there's so much value surrounding that.
2: One of the schools of thought out there, Will Middlebrooks, is Theo's gone, new regime of sorts, of sorts, time to just strip it down and start over. But if you look to the Red Sox, not a lot of people with your former team anticipated they were going to do what they did this year is there a lesson there for, for the Cubs, or, or do you think it is time to just tear that baby down and start over?
0: Um, there is a lesson there. But, I mean, I also think the the Red Sox somewhat struck gold. I mean,
2: Hein Bloom uh,
0: has, has a history and a resume full of, of action like this when he was in Tampa of taking not little to no talent, but, you know, the Red Sox have a lot more talent than those Rays teams had. But he finds, you know, something in the analytical metrics of that team and is able to dig it out. Now, do I love that as as an ex-player? Do I love how deep we've gotten into analytics? I don't love it, but I understand it just because of where we are in the game. Uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about the Yankees at some point. I don't love how deep they've gone as far as even wristbands with catchers uh, rating their pitches. You know, you don't call something between that's not rated a 7 and a 10. Just, they've gotten so deep into that. Um, but to answer your question, I would go off the rails talking about analytics. The Cubs, I feel like now is the best time. If you are going to break that team up, save some money, somewhat retool. Now is definitely the time to break up that core group.
2: Well, I'm gra- I'm glad you brought up the Yankees because my view of this, and I, I'd be curious yours. I don't. It's not my thing, but I don't mind analytics and, and sabermetricians if it's either done within the realm of what's reasonable or it's successful. I'm a Dodgers fan, and I got to deal with some strange stuff from Andrew Friedman. Uh-huh. It's obviously paid off. I'm a Giants fan. All hail Farhan Zaidi. Look at the Red Sox. It's not like the Yankees have taken this approach and turned it into success. What is the move for this organization moving forward to get back to certainly where Yankees fans expect to be, which is much better than they've been?
0: Well, they're only three and a half back of the wild card. It feels like they're way more than that, but they're really not. Um, They're super talented. Their players have just underperformed. I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into a team playing bad, especially a team with Uh, players like they have. There's a lot of question marks around starting pitching. Uh, Then you look at the front office and how that roster was constructed, super right-handed heavy in a stadium that's tailored to lefties. And it's all righties that live and die by the homer as well. So if I'm them, you can't sell. It's it's a bad message to your fan base. It's a bad message to the whole organization because you're the New York Yankees. You're supposed to be big brother uh, in Major League Baseball when it comes to finances and talent. So I don't think they sell because if they if they decide to sell Aaron Judge is good is gone because he has the most value of ev- everyone on that roster uh, and you can't sell Aaron Judge because there's way too much money to be made off of him in the coming years um, just even with ticket sales if you think about it so I think I think New York is going to get actually super aggressive I think they're going to say forget the tax threshold we're going to they they've tried to stay under it and it hasn't worked that's not the New York way they're going to have to go spend. I could see them getting really aggressive, going after Scherzer, going after Story, maybe even Buxton, some marque someone in, in center field to fill that hole, um, and just saying, you know what, forget it, we're going to go spend the money, we're going to go for this wild card spot, because if they can just get in, they can make some noise and be a scary team.
2: Brian Cashman has been the GM longer than a lot of Yankees fans have been alive, and I understand in New York the expectations are often ridiculously unfair, but... If the Yankees with all that talent on that team do not make the playoffs this year, Will Middlebrooks aren't even a wild card team, is it time to reconsider a new general manager, a new head of baseball operations in the Bronx? I'm glad you said that and not Aaron Boone, because everyone's calling for Aaron Boone's head and I
0: understand I understand somewhat for him to blame because he's a dugout presence. He dictates the mindset of the team and this and that. It maybe hasn't handled the bullpen as well, you know, whatever. But he doesn't have anything to do with the construction of the team. And what a lot of people also don't realize is how deep in analytics these teams are. A lot of these managers aren't even making lineups anymore. A lot of them aren't even making pitching changes based off of their gut feeling anymore. A lot of it is based off of guys in an office sitting at a computer, looking at numbers saying, this is our best probability to win every day. So could it be Cashman? I, this, this is a really tough one. I don't know because the. are Normal answer to this question in the, in the history of baseball is the fire of the manager. But this is the same manager in 2018 won 100 games. And then the next year, 2019, won 103 games and with a lot of the same talent. So, uh, And now they have one of the best pitchers in baseball, Garrett Cole. So I, I can't put this on him. I think they're getting over Atlantic, uh, analytical in, in New York, honestly.
2: I'm with you. I'm glad you brought it up because I always would roll my eyes when people would demand here in L.A. where I'm sitting, Will Middlebrooks, that they fire Dave Roberts. And I would say exactly what you said. Do you not understand that Andrew Friedman, who's an amazing GM or president of operations, is making a lot of those decisions that fans are angry about. In-game decisions are modulated, and there's a program for that. I mean, you're right. The GM and the head coach now, I mean, there's not the separation there used to be. And one of those places right. where, where there's a lot of um, – th- there's a different approach in some ways has been the Padres. They, and not to say they don't use numbers, but they steal bases – They've actually employed what is now the unicorn of baseball, the hit and run. I think they're a lot of fun to watch. They just made a trade. It's a brutal division. Do you think the Padres can still push their way into being legitimate World Series contenders this year?
0: The thing is, with postseason baseball, all you have to do is get in. All you have to do is be the hottest team at the time. We weren't the best team. when I In 2013, I was in Boston. We won a World Series. We won the division, but we weren't the best team. The Tigers they were no-hitting us or perfect game in us to the sixth or seventh inning three times in that series, and we beat them to go to the World Series. So it's, it's, it's whoever gets the big hits. It's whoever is hot at the time. I love the Adam Frazier ad. I think that was really good just because it just gives them more flexibility, more versatility. They have a great second baseman in, in Cronenworth. He can play some first if Hosmer needs a break. Uh, Frazier can play the outfield and second base. So being versatile, which the Padres love. I, AJ Perler was there when I was there in 2015. Uh, they love versatility and guys be able to move around. Uh, that's where the game's gone. So Adam Frazier, I mean, he leads the league in hits, too. Let's not forget, but he strikes out at a 12% rate. That's one of the best strikeout rates in baseball. We don't see that anymore. Contact guys don't really have a place in the game anymore unless you're elite of the elite, which he has been. Um, so can they make a run at the World Series? I absolutely think they can, especially, you know, with Darvis Snell, if Snell picks it up. Uh, Musgrove, you have three good starting pitchers. That's all you need in the postseason with an offense like they have.
2: Well, Middlebrooks, the Dodgers obviously have a giant and probably long-term question mark on their hands with Trevor Bauer. Dustin May, who was really great before he got hurt, is out for the year. Clayton Kershaw remains on the I.L. How aggressive do you think because the cost will be high Andrew Friedman, or another contender should be, and you mentioned his name earlier, at going and trying to pry Max Scherzer away from the Nationals. Because if they move him, it's going to be a King's ransom. Oh, yeah,
0: it, it will be. But as we know, the Dodgers, have they don't care about money. It's just a number to them. It, it grows on trees out there in L.A., apparently. So they're, they're, they have no worries when it comes to that. And they can take on, if they don't want to give up, prospects or a ton of prospects and they can just take on the salary, which they're already above the tax threshold, so they're not worried about that. So I, I honestly think Max Scherzer, I think it comes down to Houston and the Dodgers and it's going to be a fight between the two, and the Nationals know that, and they're going to get as much as they absolutely can. It's probably going to come down to the last second uh,
2: on Friday. Will Middlebrooks here on the show. And, Will, if you have directions to the tree on which the money grows in L.A., just <laughs> privately text it to me. Just look
0: for a rainbow. And
2: right <laughs> is that what it is? It. <laughs> I, I would go to the – I tried that once in Dubuque, Iowa, where I grew up. I tried to go to the end of a rainbow uh, knowing – I didn't even know that someday I was going to live in L.A., which is also as expensive as the end of a rainbow. Will Middlebrooks <laughs> here on uh, – here on, here on the show, we sort of talked around this, but what, what Farhan Zaidi has done in San Francisco is, is pretty incredible. I, I suppose it's too late to, to, to doubt these guys. Is there any lesson for any of these other teams out there that are trying to quickly build a contender that you can take from the Giants and how they've gotten where they've gotten and really in a season with, with Farhan just having taken over?
0: You know, I honestly, I don't even think the Giants expected to win this year. I mean, they yeah. <laughs> they were supposed to be the has-beens and never, wills, never will-be's, right? They had Buster Posey, Longoria, even Crawford and Belt, guys that had good careers. Posey had a great career. He missed all of last year. They're at, the, they're at the end of their career. They just wanted to get every bit of juice out of that that they could. But they weren't expecting years like this. I know Longoria's been hurt with the shoulder. And then you look at their pitching staff with Gosman, Del Di Scalfani, Alex Wood, all these guys are DFAs, of one-year deals, just hoping you struck struck oil with them. And you do. You have a true number one in Gosman, a true number two in Desclafani, and their bullpen has been <laughs> top three in bullpen ERA all year, uh, which no, one, I, I can't I can't even name more than one or maybe two guys in their bullpen. I don't know. It, and it's just it's been the perfect recipe. It's kind of like the Rays of the West Coast. Obviously, they have more money, but. Um, just finding guys who are in the right spot in their career, they mesh well. I think Gabe Kapler has a lot to do with this. I think I we love should Gabe. give him some credit. Yeah. Uh, he was my last manager in professional baseball with the Phillies. And the way he brings a clubhouse together, the way he promotes you being yourself and being comfortable, he's just the perfect manager for that group of guys, where they're at in their careers. And it's just, it's been the perfect recipe.
2: Will Middlebrooks, appreciate the time and the inside, buddy. Thanks for, thanks for hopping on the Jim Rum Show.
0: Well, of course. Thanks for having
2: me, guys. Hi, buddy. Big good. Will Middlebrooks on the show. Now, I just realized this. So, so um, we have Tom Benedetto here in Southern California. Works for, for the Jim Rome Show now. And back in New York, we have Tom DeCelestino. Tom DeCelestino is my current producer. He just, a few weeks ago, he and his wife had a, a beautiful baby boy, William Joseph, that he named after me, which is awkward. I made a joke because I'm William Joseph. And you see what he's doing here? He because he, he booked the guest today. He booked Will Brinson. He booked Will Middlebrooks. And then he, he kept pushing back on Kirk. I'm just going to read you the text. He wrote, well, his name isn't Will. I didn't know what it meant. Apparently, because his son's name is Will, Cell only wants guests who are named Will. So, Ritt, Benedetto. I don't know if you guys know. Are there, I mean, is Will Clark out there doing anything we could promote? I mean, I know I know him. Anybody, anybody I'm missing? It's a lot of Will. There's not a lot of Wills out there there's some bills that doesn't Billy Ripkin's not gonna, gonna gonna cut it we'll work on it for diesel yeah Will Smith is gonna be hard to do Willie Galt is one that's thrown out okay we'll 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 find a few more wills for uh, for cell to help celebrate the birth of his beautiful you know, I guess William H. Macy who just goes straight actors <laughs> my buddy Kirk Morrison Kirk what's up buddy happy uh happy July I don't even know what to say what's going on dude <laughs> What's up, Bill? Man, good to
3: speak with you. Uh, football season It is here. Training camps are opening up. Rookies report and veterans reporting. And, you know, the big day is just a couple days away from when everyone will be in training camp. We'll have two weeks to relax, about two, two and a half weeks to relax. And then, man, um, the, the part that I have to uh, tell my wife, Bill, it's always the hardest part of the year is that, hey, babe, uh, football every every weekend – until Valentine's Day. It's the hardest part, man. So <laughs> she's not going to be happy knowing that football will be every weekend until Valentine's Day. So
2: that's the best part for me. Job. She's, my, Lori's every, every year. Wait, so you, part of your job, you have to start drinking <laughs> beer at ni- 9, 10, yeah, baby. It's part of the, I got to watch the game. I got to drink it. I don't want to drink this beer and watch football all day, but I have to do this for the job. I'm with Kirk Morris and I am with you. I want to hit Rams in a second, but. Let's dive into Aaron Rodgers and the big story. It sounds like there's a rising expectation he's going to be a Packer th- this year. What is your sense of, of what that what that deal looks like if, if Rodgers rolls in as a reluctant but but present quarterback for the Packers this season? You know,
3: honestly, it's been the same thing all off season. Uh, there was not one minute where I thought Aaron Rodgers would be traded. I thought that just the salary cap numbers, just his contract. He was going to be back with Green Bay no matter what. I still believe that wholeheartedly. There is no trade. I, just, I just never thought that was going to be. But I think what made it even more clearer for me, Bill, was last week when he and Devontae Adams tweeted that picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And I know you, as a growing up a, you know, Bulls fan and, and, and watching Chicago sports, that, that last dance documentary was one that we all remember what happened. It was Michael Jordan's last season in Chicago. And I really felt that that was the message that Aaron Rodgers was, was telling everybody, which I kind of believe from the beginning. This is last year in Green Bay. The economics of the NFL tell me, tell me that, that Jordan Love needs a year or two to be able to evaluate and see if he's the quarterback of the future. The only way you do that is you got to get rid of the guy who's in there now. So I felt that there was always going to be a divorce, but how messy would it get? Aaron Rodgers made it really messy this offseason season. And look, this is going to be his last year in Green Bay. He can walk around, have a farewell tour, you know, tell the fans and wish them all great luck. He probably won't say this publicly, but I think I've always felt that it was a growing sense that this was his last year in Green Bay, and he's going to do everything in his power to make it as difficult for the Green Bay Packers organization.
2: Kirk Morrison here on the Jim Rome Show. I'm, I'm Bill Ryder. All right, Kirk, so Matthew Stafford. Plus Sean McVay equals what?
3: Uh, championship or bust. That's what it equals. It equals hey the the marriage that Sean McVay wanted, probably from the beginning. Uh, it's finally finally happened. I mean, it's, I mean if we if we're watching Ben Affleck and J Lo finally reconnect, you know what I mean? If that's happening in our world, <laughs> then we got to think that you know obviously Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford are going to have a similar type of relationship in terms of longevity, in terms of, you know, finally, I think a quarterback that Sean McVay always wanted from the beginning, people have to always remember, he inherited Jared Goff. He he didn't draft Jared Goff, he inherited Jared Goff, and he turned him into a pretty good you know quarterback and had him having you know career years, and he sort of sputtered over the last couple seasons. Finally, he has the guy that we think can unleash that playbook. The playbook has been there, and it's been great so far. But now having a guy that he can call every play in the playbook, and he has a feeling that Matthew Stafford can make the right decision on every play. I'm excited to go see some Rams training camp in the regular season because it is championship robust for those two. That's what that relationship means to me, Bill. Championship robust because, think about it, Jerry Goff got him to a Super Bowl. That's, That's kind of the expectation for Matthew Stafford as well.
2: Kirk Morrison reminded me why we might be in a simulation. Another reason, Ben Affleck and J-Lo, a real thing (laughs) in 2021. All right, so there's going to be injuries. It's part of the deal. Early, unfortunately, for the Rams with with Cam Akers, and it sounds like the the season. What happens at the running back position for L.A. this year?
3: Honestly, just take a deep breath. Uh, Take a deep breath for the Rams right now. Don't make any decisions right now so quickly. Just kind of see what you have there. I mean, Daryl Henderson actually, to me, at times was the best back on the Rams team last year. It's just Cam Akers started the season. He got hurt. Um, he got healthy along the way as Daryl Henderson kind of got banged up. But Daryl Henderson was always the guy that we felt that sometimes he may be the best back. Now, like I said the injuries hurt him for a bit of his career so far, but I want to see him in that lead role, and I'll see what he can do early on. Then I will throw a couple of names at you, Bill. You got Xavier Jones. He's an undrafted free agent a couple of years ago out of SMU, who I covered, playing over, uh, under under Sunny Dykes. Then you have a Raymond Calais. He also was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a year ago. Was released out of training camp, and the Rams picked him up. And so, and they also drafted a kid by the name of I love this name by the way, Jake Funk. Right, bringing the funk with Jake Funk. He's a undrafted, I mean a, a late round pick out of Maryland. So. The Rams are going to see what their young group is, uh, go, is going to look like. There's not a much of a veteran presence there. I'm, I'm fully copyright copyrighting this nickname right now, Bill. I'm going to call them the POW Patrol group because there's a bunch of young pups in the backfield for the Rams. So I'm going to see what this Powell Patrol group of running backs can do. And I think you can make a better assessment at the end of training camp where they need to bring in a veteran presence or keep what they have.
2: Kurt Morrison, you played um... – A huge chunk of your very successful career with the Raiders and it just feels like for for whatever reason a lot of the optimism and enthusiasm is petered out it doesn't help that the Chiefs are suddenly one of the best teams in football it doesn't help the Chargers have discovered in this in this quarterback they have an absolute looks like future star in, in the league but all that said all that nice stuff said are we getting to put up or shut up time for for John Gruden
3: got a 10-year contract. We're only going year four. We're not even halfway through the deal, man. You know, 10-year contracts are hard to break, and obviously there has to be some sort of language in that contract for uh, the two sides if they want to come to uh, an understanding that they need to part ways. But right now, I think this is another year where someone's going to have to fall on the sword, and if the team does not perform well, I think that it will be Mike Mayock. It will never be Gruden. It just will never be Gruden. I love John to death, man, but it won't be Gruden. It'll probably be Mayock. And then after that season, you get one more year, and then after that it's just like, okay, John, it's on you now. So the success of the Raiders this year will finally put people at ease because I think this is probably one of the best teams that they've had under Gruden since he's been back, finally. But at the same time, if you don't get those results, especially now having fans at that brand-new stadium in Vegas, it's a different. Last year, you kind of get a pass, right, Bill, because there was no fans. You're still excited, but you just didn't feel like it was whole. This year, with the fans being back, more passion, a full season, 18, I mean, 17 games over 18 weeks, it is put-up-or-shut-up time for John Gruden and the Raiders. And if they don't take care of business this year, uh, there will be some guys that will, uh, like I said, have to fall on the sword.
2: Kirk Morrison on the show. Is it time to maybe if you're, if you're Gruden, think about a different quarterback, a quarterback of the future, some sort of plan that is not this, and no disrespect to Derek Carr, but some plan that's not him?
3: No, I don't know if you can do that yet, right? I think that this is something that you have to uh, wait it out because Derek Carr, to me, last year showed that he wasn't the problem. It was a horrible defense, and I thought what happens is the quarterback gets links to wins and losses, and yet that Raider defense, you couldn't win anything. They couldn't stop a nosebleed last year, Bill. It, it was that bad. And so we'll see what happens with Derek this year, because in a year which they felt that they have upgraded the defense, they spent a lot of money uh, in the offseason free agency bringing in Yannick Ngakwe. They brought in Casey Hayward over from the Chargers. They brought in guys who they think they can compete and get this Raiders defense from being at the bottom to at least the middle if they get it to the middle, they think that that's enough that Derek Carr should be able to win football games and get this team to the playoffs. If they don't get to the playoffs, you have to start thinking about possibly what could be the future of this team. Because remember, Derek Carr is going to want a new contract. He's seeing what's going on with these young quarterbacks, the Josh Allens and uh, you know obviously Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. He wants to keep his contract up there along with them. So this is a big year for Derek Carr just as well because... Do the Raiders re-sign him or get, sign him to an extension? A lot rides for a lot of people on this season.
2: Kirk, I don't think we've talked about Urban Meyer. I, I, I'm not a—I'm a doubter. I'm certainly Urban Meyer agnostic when it comes to the certainty yeah. of his excellence. So, Where do you – we haven't had this talk. What, what is your, your, your guess, your view, your perspective on, on how Urban Meyer is going to fare in the National Football League?
0: Well, I, first off, I love
3: Herb, by the way. Herb has been a guy that I had a chance to compete with and been to – a couple of mountain west conference media days and just when he was at utah i was at san diego state and he voted for me for defensive player of the year so i always thank him for that but anyway uh, i always say this urban Myers is, it brings a culture no matter where he's at he's done it at bowling green um, he's done it um, you know, obviously at utah florida ohio state he brings competition he brings the most out of his coaches and his players and From the guys that I've talked to on staff, I think that he's built a good staff to get these guys competing every single day, doing more than what's expected of them. And I think that they're going to shock some people, not like they're going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be a team that I think will be coached well, will play hard, and it's not going to be an easy out when you're going against the Jaguars. I think he'll have some success, but this year is going to be a growing pains for him because he has to get adjusted to the NFL style of coaching, the NFL style of rules. And we already see he's gotten into some trouble already with the offseason um, OTAs, you know, going a little bit too hard. But he'll adjust. And I think once he finally adjusts, you can see the Jaguars start to get incrementally better and be one of those teams that can contend for an AFC South title in the
2: next couple of years. All right, Kirk Morrison here on the Jim Rome Show. La- last one for you. We can all be guilty of being captives of the moment. That certainly includes yeah. me. So trying right. to have a little patience and perspective with the New England Patriots, who obviously did not fare as well last year as, uh, as their former quarterback's new team. They've, they've spent a bunch of money in free agency. They've got important guys who, who opted out last year. They have both Cam Newton back and a quarterback in Mac Jones they drafted. What do you think the Patriots show us this season?
3: I mean, they're one of my – I, I don't feel like I can call them a dark horse team. Like I really think they're a good football team. Are they better than the Buffalo Bills this year? Uh, I don't think so, but I look at, right now, the Dolphins and the Patriots are the two teams that are really scary for me in the AFC. I mean, the the juggernaut of the AFC North, and you think about it, you know, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, those three teams. Obviously, the AFC South with the Colts and the Tennessee Titans. And then the AFC West, we just mentioned the Raiders. The Chargers, I think they'll be better with Justin Herbert. Obviously, Kansas City's still at the top. So it's like, where does the Patriots fit into this? And I think they're the team that no one's talking about that I don't know if they're a division winner, but I think that they're a team that honestly will make the playoffs and make some noise. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them be a division-around team or even get into an AFC championship game. Cam Newton, in his second year within that offense, what they've spent this offseason, we forget about the moves with David Njoku um, and, um, I'm sorry, John Jonu Smith tight end, and then also bringing in Hunter Henry as well. They've they've made a lot of moves, guys coming back from opting out last year They bring Trent Brown in. I'm not trying to sound too excited, Bill, but I just think we'll see a much better performance than we saw last year from the Patriots, and it really honestly wasn't that bad. I think they'll just be a lot better this year and be a team that can definitely, you blink, next thing you know, they're in an AFC championship game.
2: Kirk Morrison on the Jim Rome Show. Kirk, appreciate you. And next time we talk, by the time that happens, just because I like you and you're my friend, I hope Bradley Beal has been traded to your Warriors.
3: <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate it, Bill. <laughs> hey, any help that we can get, man, any help that we can get. Right now, Draymond just need to get get, get some wins for Team USA, first of all. Yeah. Come on, Draymond.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Draymond is, is right. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you, Kirk.
3: All good, Bill. Anytime, brother. Have a good one. Good night.